Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. Make sure you stay up to date with all of our latest episodes by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you go for your podcast needs. My name is Matt Harris, content producer at AM360 and your host on this podcast. But before we get started with today's episode, I want to let you know about one of our partner events coming up. The Cybersecurity for Critical Assets Summit is the world's number one virtual cybersecurity conference, and it's happening on the 5th of May. To know more about the speaker lineup and the agenda, head on over to world.cs4ca.com. Now on with today's episode. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Tom Gaffney, Principal Consultant at F-Secure. Tom is joining us to talk about a recent F-Secure survey of 7,200 internet users, which showed that two-thirds of remote workers have reported worrying about their online security and privacy. Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Matt. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. Glad to have you. Um, could you just sort of give us a bit of background on uh, who you are and what you do at F-Secure? Sure. Uh, as you said, I'm principal consultant, so working in the consumer division of F-Secure. We are a European-based cybersecurity company who have been going for 33 years, I believe. Um, we're headquartered out of Helsinki, and we serve a mix of corporate and consumer customers. Um, from corporate, we serve uh, a mixture of banks, financial institutions, uh, but roughly 50% of our business comes from uh, consumers. Uh, and we serve consumers actually through internet service providers. So we are the number one provider of consumer security to the service provider uh, community with more than 200 operators around the globe who provide endpoint security to customers, typically white labeled. So it, it's in the operator's brand, which is why maybe we're not the most well-known security company, but we've been around a long time. And we're here today to talk about uh, remote work. Um, and obviously with the pandemic, many of us transitioned into remote working and many of us had to take that cybersecurity mindset into our own hands when accessing company platforms and data on our personal devices. Could you just tell us what is meant by digital anxiety and why are more people experiencing it? Good starting point. So it, the anxiety we define as the stress related to people having to manage not only the security actually, but even the connectivity within their own home, household. Uh, and this previously hasn't been an area that they've necessarily had to manage themselves, um, but obviously moving to, to home working has meant that they're in charge of their own environment. Uh, and that brings a level of worry about, uh, one, are they, are they secure in everything they do? Are they oversharing of the different devices they're, they're managing properly connected and protected? Um, and they also worry about levels of connectivity as well. So the pandemic type working from home meant that we work in different areas of our house you know if you've got the whole family at home for example you've got to go into an attic room or a loft or, or, or a small um, study or something that you create an area where you can um, share and, and work and that brings a level of stress about you know external noises connectivity um, do I look good in front of my colleagues and my boss when I'm presenting because I've got kids crying in the background or is the quality of my wi-fi not quite good enough and I keep cutting out so there's a number of uh, things that play into that anxiety and to sort of relate it back towards cybersecurity, um, in the same F-Secure report, it showed that 67% of remote workers are worried about failing to adhere to their workplace's cybersecurity practices. Could this be down to a lack of training or, or communication? I, I very much feel that's probably the most obvious example, so the, or the most obvious reasons. So we kind of have to remember that, uh, for unlike people who work in the industry, security is not at the top of people's minds. It's, it's, it's clearly the second most concern. 
And when you've been in a corporate environment, you've had an IT team or a security specialist who take care of all of this for you. You've got a corporate laptop, you're on a corporate LAN, so all of the authentication takes place between the different services you use in a corporate environment are absolutely managed on your behalf. But then, of course, when you go home, you'll have that sort of comfort blanket removed from you. So you're completely exposed in terms of you know what could be the risk. A lot of us are using consumer-grade internet and consumer-grade routers. Um, and then we have a mix of other devices on our network. And, and there are concerns for those who have sort of an understanding that they have to keep things safe, but don't really know how to. Uh, I think that's a really important point to bring up um, and, and sort of move on to another stat uh, in the same report. Um, three quarters of remote workers are apprehensive towards putting too much personal information into online forms and installing apps and unnecessary permissions. Uh, my first question is, is this necessary? Um, but I also want to know what, what are the kind of steps that people can take to secure themselves and their privacy when they work from home? So definitely, uh, I think there's a concern about oversharing. So that that's certainly something that, that we've seen, whether it's, you know, just from sharing a screen because you're doing a lot more of that because you're on video calls. Um, and, and that extends to a mindset. And what came out really strongly, and you mentioned the stat about people being um, wary of putting too much personal information into online forms. What's happened over the years without us realizing is there's been a steady creep between our professional lives and our personal lives. You know, increasingly people will use the same device, whether it's their work device, to check social media accounts to make online purchases. And it's natural then that you start uh, easily fall into perhaps using your work email address to sign up for accounts. Because, of course, every, everything you do, every interaction online with an organization wants you to create an account. And the first uh, starting point is always an email address. And so people sort of naturally start using the email address that they're most commonly using. And that quite often is a work one. And then... They start adding in uh, additional information as well. Um, so you can, whenever you start entering information, you, you can kind of overshare in terms of personal information. And increasingly, the, a lot of the tech uh, devices and services that we interact with want to know a huge amount more about us because that data is valuable to them from benign reasons just for a service improvement right up to the whole data profiling and, and trying to track and build a mosaic of people online. Mm. And and how can people practically ease their digital anxiety? Are there any smart habits that people can bring into their daily routines? Well, that one I just mentioned actually about um, the creep between your personal and digital life. I think a simple step that a lot of people can try and enforce is to have some kind of separation between the two. You know, from a security perspective, we've been saying for years to people, you shouldn't really uh, use the same device for your personal uh, online life and your your work online life so for example if you're uh, banking shopping using social media we recommend you kind of separate which devices you use and certainly keep it away from from your work devices if possible just to avoid any any slips in terms of um, security because you have a different mindset when you're um, working professionally to how you are outside of work most people do anyway so if, if you kind of use the same device for everything, you kind of then merge those those things together. And from a security perspective, then that introduces risks because you're more likely to you know, be a victim of sort of phishing attacks and things like that through social media than you are if you're just doing professional things. And then we'd sort of say separate those things from, from a device level, but also separate from, from between the work and the personal. So like I said about the, the email address often becoming creeping between the, the same identity that you use for all of your services. So, you know, most people do have some other email, whether it's Gmail or, or, or some other third-party email address. 
So try and make a conscious step to make sure that if you're signing up for something online, is it personal, is it professional? And then use separate identities for that, just to have a, a, a separation. Yeah, I, and I, I guess the, the last people, the, the last thing that people want to be worrying about is their their cybersecurity, especially in their in their kind of personal life. Um, have you got any examples of how digital anxiety has proved to be detrimental to an employee or business? Yeah, we've seen a, a number of examples where. Actually, from a from a security perspective, where a lot of hacks come from, typically still today they're coming through an email based form, and it will be a form or a URL, um, and either the the form or document that comes in the email might have something malicious in it, or the URL that you try and click on, or they try and lure you into clicking on, uh, exposes uh, or downloads something malicious to the device you've got, and that's really does come initially from the corporate world. Um, we've seen a lot of at the higher end sort of targeted attacks against organizations uh, where they try and profile senior people or send you content that looks like it's uh, relevant for your job role to lure people into tricking them. But that is now crossed over into the consumer world as well. Um, and we see, for example, if I, if I take a step back, you know, when we were all in the lockdown world, we saw hackers really quickly uh, moving from making their uh, emails that were trying to, to lure people to, to open attachments or trick on dodgy URLs. Uh, initially, they were all focused around COVID, face masks, things like that, but they really quickly adapted um, to spoofing delivery organizations. So a lot of them were targeting DHL and the other delivery companies saying, hey, you've got a delivery coming, it's being delayed, click here to find out what's happening. So we've, we've lots of practical examples in the field of where um, people have been tricked into accessing things that are malicious because of some sort of level of uh, confusion or anxiety around you know, what the communication is. Again, in the corporate world, that would often be managed on your behalf because there's, there's plenty of corporate systems in place which take care of it. Uh, do, you, do you believe that a small measure of digital anxiety is healthy when it comes to staying safe online? Oh, that's really good. Yes, I, I mean, I strongly do, actually. So again, that the, the, what we try and preach people is, you know, security is partly... Um, it's, there's partly the tools that you have at your disposal to keep you protected, like you know, antivirus and things like that. But it's very much um, a process or a behavior, let's say. So one of the things I mentioned earlier on about having uh, a separation around how you use your devices between your know, personal life and your professional life. So take an example. If you want to buy something, you might be searching using your favorite browser. Let's say it's Google in this instance. But then if you want to actually click and, and buy something, we would recommend that you stop and open a new browser, you know, Firefox, Edge, whichever your favorite browser might be, and actually use that to make the purchase. Um, I've been saying this kind of thing for years, just as a way of getting people to actually slow down in what they're doing, um, because the, the nature of the internet and interaction of services is to try and speed things up. But actually, when you're parting with money or information, you actually want to take a pause for a second. So the way you phrase the question in terms of you know, is, is a measure of anxiety or, or maybe you could rephrase it as distrust an important thing. I think actually it's really healthy because anything that slows you down and just says, is this the right thing? Do I trust this organization? Is, is a good thing to have in your mindset. Yeah. And I suppose more recently, it's been an increasing issue as, you know, everyone's got a phone in their pocket. Everyone's connected to the Internet. Um, and this is quite a new thing for a lot of people. Is this a problem that you think is only going to get better with time? Yes. Uh, I mean, well, I hope it gets better in time. It, what you say about the, the, the phone, obviously, I mean, we've all had phones for years, but one of the interesting survey points that we found was that, you know, post-lockdown, 
people are continuing um, what we saw in the transition of behavioral change. So, you know, as, as we were forced to go from, you know, physical transactions to online transactions. So how we use the devices we have and which devices we use has changed. So we saw big spikes in online banking and shopping. So 30%, 31% of people from our survey are using mobile devices to bank and shop more than they did um, pre, uh, pre the end of lockdown. So this is, this is a, a shift which is permanent, let's say. Um, people are absolutely going to, going to carry on because they've kind of got used to, to using these new methods. We worry from a security perspective what risks this brings because, uh, one, you know, are these devices protected? You know, the basics of security. But two, if it's a, a new device you're using, are you familiar with it? Um, so a lot, a lot of exposure and vulnerabilities and security come around from using tools which may in themselves be healthy or safe, but people aren't familiar with using them. They overshare or they make mistakes. I think it, it, it will take time for people to get used to the risks of their various devices. And we do recommend, you know, you take a little, a little time when you start using your device just to kind of understand its limitations or, or, or tools. But I think um, our employers can help with this as well for the, for the remote workers. Um, good guidance on, you know, which platforms to use. You mentioned earlier on about, for example, installing applications, you know, that ask for unnecessary permissions or apps that come from outside the, the uh, official app stores. You know, this, this is guidance that corporations need to help people with. Oh, I really like that. I think it's going to sort of put a lot of my, people's minds at ease uh, when it comes to cybersecurity. Um, well, well, thank you so much for joining us today, Tom. It was really, really great to get your insights. Thanks, Matt. It was a pleasure. And also thank you to everyone listening. We, we hope you took a lot away from today's discussion. But for further information on what we discussed today, head on over to fsecure.com. In the meantime, please join the conversation at EM360 on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, head on over to em360tech.com. <laughs>